1: Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The Fan brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove and, of course, our friends over at David Hobbs Honda in Glendale. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, uh, it is NASCAR superstar Michael McDowell. Uh, Mike, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. Thank
1: you. All right. So, obviously, you drive the 34 Ford Fusion Front Row Motorsports now you've been in uh, in NASCAR for in the Cup Series for like ten years now. How do you keep your confidence up week in and week out?
0: Yeah, you know it's been a, a difficult um, thing to do over the years. You, you're not always, at least for me, I'm not always been in competitive rides, and you're just kind of trying to hang on and stay in the sport. And um, you know through those years, especially in the beginning, it was very challenging. But um, you know last three or four years, you've just been with Um, quality programs and and with front row motorsports this year and um, you know you really confidence just comes from experience and results and when when you have those going for you um, it just kind of builds and builds and uh, you know it's a very challenging sport you only have one winner every weekend so it's unlike other professional sports where um, you know you'll go through a season and you'll have seven or eight wins and you might have seven or eight losses well and NASCAR, there's there's one winner and and 39 losers every weekend, so it's a a very difficult sport.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Now, uh, looking over your early career, and I always sit there and when I when I'm sitting there and doing research on you, I, to me, you did it the the right way. You know, you opened with some open wheel racing, then Grand Am, ARCA. Uh, xfinity worked your way up uh one of the things that uh obviously being in wisconsin here road america you won the xfinity race there in uh, in 2016 how special was that what are your takeaways from that race
0: yeah i mean it was uh, a very special day um you know my first nascar uh win and and then in particular at road america you know i grew up road racing and and had won races there in the past at Road America, in, in open wheel and open-wheel cars, and different series, you know, and um, when I think about Road America, it's one of the iconic road courses in North America, and it, and it always has been, and um, you know, so to to get my first NASCAR win there was really special, and um, you know, the biggest thing is that, you know, it took me, you know, eight years before I ever got the victory lane in NASCAR, and um, it's such a long haul to get to that point. and And, um, you know, so it was just one of those days that was very rewarding and, um, you know, very thankful of the opportunities I've had in my career and, and to finally put, you know, the, the race together and get the victory lane. It was really special.
1: Can you walk us through the transition that you had to make from starting your career in open wheel uh, into stock cars? Yeah, it
0: almost felt like starting over. Everything was different, and, um, you know, the the things that were more similar that I guess would be the easier thing to talk about was the seat of the pants was still the same. You, You had a general feel for the race car and your hands and feet and all that communicating and working together. That was all the same you know, driving a race car and different types of race cars, you can get in and adapt pretty well, but just the culture and the technology and the format and the style of racing and the tracks and, um, you know, growing up on road courses, um, you know, and only doing maybe 10 or 12 uh, races a year in a season to go in and doing 38 races a year and a new track every weekend. And um, it was just, it was all very new. And, you know, I felt like, A little bit of it was just starting over and and relearning, um, you know, a lot of things that I sort of um, thought that you would would transfer over didn't. And uh, it was a very difficult transition. But, you know, fortunately, I was able to do it long enough and over the years to gain that much-needed experience that you have to have to be successful in stock cars. And um, I think experience, you know, outweighs uh, a lot of things um, in our sport of NASCAR, where when you jumped into an Indy car or a prototype or a sports car, if you had that raw speed and that aggression and that grit, you could, you could go pretty fast. And in NASCAR, you really do need the experience and, and understanding the cars and the tracks and how things change, um, to be competitive week in and week out. So, uh, it's a very different style of racing.
1: Yeah, it's funny to me because with your road course background and everything like that, when I'm looking over your career finishes, some of your best finishes have come at Daytona. And uh, Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you couldn't get uh, pretty much two, you know, more opposite polar opposites than uh road course racing and uh super speedway restrictor plates. What do you uh, you know, attribute your success at uh, at the restrictor plate tracks to? Yeah,
0: I think it's just over the years um You know, when I first went to Daytona and Talladega, you know, as a road racer, I was thinking, man, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. You're just four (laughs) wide and side by side. And, you know, it's just the complete opposite of everything I've ever done. Um, But over the years, I've just, you know, grew to enjoy it and uh, really just be a student of, you know, what makes guys good at super speedways. Um, And then probably the major part of success at, at those tracks is the fact that, um, the cars are more equal at Daytona and Talladega than they are any other racetrack, and um, that has to do with you know the NASCAR rules and restrictor plates, but it levels the playing field significantly on those racetracks, and, and so for myself, not being in a uh, top-tier team my entire career, those races always stood out as opportunity races for me because it is a, a great equalizer.
1: Yeah, and obviously, you know, front row isn't funded like Stuart Haas's, but at least you're in a Ford, which has been, you know, you got the top three with uh, Kyle Busch, Truex, and of course, Harvick. Uh, how far off do you think that uh, you you guys are from, say, Stuart Haas Racing?
0: Well, there's definitely a big gap, and, and, and we realize that, but, you know, at the same time as we know where we're at as a team, and we know where we want to be, and, and we have a plan, and Um, And so, you know, it's just setting realistic goals and expectations and um, achieving those goals and and setting the next ones after that. And, um, you know, to give you an idea, um, you know, Front Row Motorsports is uh, a two-car operation. Um, Myself and David Reagan driving the cars. And we have a a program and, um, you know, a facility with about 70 people in it. And that's a pretty decent-sized team. But to talk about Stuart Haas, Um, that's an organization that has four cars uh, 600 people and uh, probably eight to you know ten times the the budget that we do and so we know where we're at and we know where where we want to be and you know that's not in the cards of this year but it's a you know it's a goal for us to continue to grow the program every year and and to you know to make those gains and um, you know, hopefully in four or five years, we'll be, we'll be at the level where they're at.
1: You yeah, know, how hard that's got to be so hard being a competitor. You know, I, I sit there and I, I hate losing to my kids, whether it's in shoots and ladders or candy land, or whatever, you know, I just don't want to lose. And, uh, you know, to sit there and show up at the track and know that, you know, you're not really racing for a win. That's got a, that's got a sting, doesn't it?
0: Well, yes and no. It's, like I said in the in the beginning of it, you just have to set your expectations. So, uh give you an example, you know, for me going into Watkins Glen, um, for us, you know, to go in there and to have a top ten, um, and race in the top ten all day, that that's like a win for us and, and so we sort of know that and um and we just manage those expectations and you know, you just keep putting yourself in position and, and maybe you'll you'll steal a victory here and there, but Um, you know, the, the other side of it is, is like what you said is if you go to the racetrack every week, defeated and miserable, because you know, you don't have any chance of winning a race, um, you know, it affects everybody around you. It affects your, your team. It affects your, uh, your pit crew. It affects your family. It affects everything around you. So, um, setting realistic goals and setting them high, um, and, and trying to achieve those and, and not getting discouraged along the way, but. Um, you know, for me, I've, you know, over the years, I've been in a similar situation or this situation a lot, and I find a lot of satisfaction in, in beating Jimmy Johnson last weekend. I mean, uh, at Pocono, I finished 16th and he finished 17th and, um, you know, and, and Martin Truex was 15th and to do that with, uh, a 10th of the people and a 10th of the budget you know, if, if they would have handed me a champagne bottle, I'd have sprayed it um, at the end of the race because, you know, that was a, a victory for us. So you just have to you have to set that, that tone and that bar um, with your team and, and the people around you and, and keep striving to, uh, you know, to achieve more.
1: Uh, absolutely. Well, Michael McDowell, I want to thank you and wish you all the best this weekend at Watkins Glen and the rest of the season as hopefully you can uh, find your way into victory lane and into the uh, playoffs this year. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. That was Michael McDowell. Join us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. We'll be back after this short break. More of the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105. 7 FM, The Fan.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.